Thank you, Trey. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and uh, start with a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to do our fellowship first, and then uh, the youth worship band is going to start us off and lead us in a little bit of worship, and then we'll take our offering like we normally do, then we'll lead us in one more worship song, and then the special treat will be on the screen, and we'll kick off our testimony time for the Nicaragua uh, group tonight. So if you join me in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, your grace and your mercy that you showed us most perfectly and completely at the cross, but you continue, Lord, as, as Matt said this morning, to, to give blessing upon blessing and grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the way you demonstrated yourself this morning, even in the timing of the team's arrival toward the end of church. Uh, Lord, we are grateful for that. We look forward to what we're going to hear from them tonight. We look forward to being led by our young men uh, in worship tonight, Father. We just look forward to what you're going to do tonight. We want to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We do have some guests with us tonight that were here with us this morning, the, the servant teams that are here for Tornado Relief. Uh, so make them feel welcome. Let's stand. Let's have a quick time of fellowship. Find somebody you haven't been able to say hello to. Tell them you're glad to see them. Let them know. Uh...
get started tonight. <laughs> I've got Cassidy coming up, but uh, if God moved, and uh, why don't you picture to me? Was Matt doing what he did this morning? Was the growth not happening? God's alive. Amen. This church is alive. Amen. This church is doing something. Seeing that old Catholic uh, church there. We were up in Canada. All the churches were in. Except for the ones that sent missionaries out. That calls us all. missionaries that we were with, and there were a few pictures of them. Um, one of them was like their whole family, that was towards the beginning, and there was a bunch of people, I don't know if you remember, and then one was towards the end, and it was me with six kids, and the Busbys are the missionaries' names, and they are just a blessing, and we would not have been there, obviously, if they weren't there. Um, <clears throat> the Busbys... Um, their name are Mike and Susan, that's mom and dad. They have several real children and six adopted children from Nicaragua. We got the blessing of working and seeing all of them. They have several different, several different, not activities, but like missions, I guess, that they're involved in down there. They um, work with the dump where we went last year. They have started something new called Los Brasiles, and we were there several days just interacting with children. And if you saw pictures with like houses with trash bags on them, we did that. We wrapped houses for the rainy season. And Mike and Susan's son-in-law is in charge of that. And then his name's Cobran him and his wife, and they live in the States. Also, one of their other real children and her husband are in charge of the boys' home, the boys' rescue home. And then they also have the girls' rescue home. They're all over the place. But my main focus that I'm going to talk about is the six adopted children because we were with them the most. Um, most of them are 12. There's one 13-year-old and one 16-year-old. Their names are Lola, Johanna, Hazel, Hope, Moses, and Timo. And they were just, like I said, a blessing. They, all of them grew up in very, very tough situations. I got the chance to sit down one night and talk to the girls about kind of where they've been and what they've grown through and just how much they love their new family, the Busby's. Um, Moses, which is the oldest, he's 16, and Hope, she's 12. They're kind of like the in-charge children, you could say. They were with us just about every day, and they helped us translate. Um, 
and they're fluent in Spanish and English, which is phenomenal because they live, they've grown up in Nicaragua and they know complete English. And that goes for all of their adopted children. Um, Moses, he's the boy that I'm talking about, and he kind of has a tough situation. They're not really sure if he's from Nicaragua or from Honduras. Someone found him and took him to a shelter or orphanage in Nicaragua, and that is where the Busbys found him when he was newborn, like weeks old. And they took him in, and he's been there ever since. He doesn't know who his parents are because he was just found lying somewhere. So he doesn't really like to talk about anything, and that's what Hope told me, which is who I talked to. And so they're not really for certain. But Hope and the rest of them all came from alcoholic families, drug abusers, maybe no dads. They don't really know. Hope came when she was a few months old. And then after that, they found three sisters, Johanna and Lola, and they're twins, and they're 12 and Hazel. She's 13. And they are, they all, I'm not for sure, but I believe that they have like fetal alcohol syndrome or something like that. And like I said, they all come from drug abused homes. And then Timo is their other son, and he's 12. And we weren't able to be with him as often because they didn't tell us what he has. I'm not sure if it's like ADD or what it is, but they have to kind of keep a closer eye on him because he's really crazy. So we weren't able to be with him as much. But that's kind of their background. And then you would never be able to tell where they've come from because the Buzzies, Mike, and Susan, have they're definitely their own children. And they have shown them the Bible, and they have grown up in church and just lived on the mission field since they were taken in. And so it's just kind of neat to see how kids taken from a broken situation can most most definitely with Jesus Christ be turned into a children of God. So it was really neat to be with them all week and just kind of see what they have to do and love on them and them love on us. And so that's about the Buzzies. And then I'm going to tell a little bit about what I experienced this trip. Before we left, we were asked to write down our biggest fear on this trip. Well, I'm thinking, I've been here, I've done that, I went last year, I'm not scared of anything. And so what I wrote down was Joshua 1.9, and it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I knew that he took care of me last year, and so he was definitely going to be with me this year. But the one thing that I worried about was comparison in between trips, because I had such a great time last year and learned so much. I was afraid that, I don't know, I just wouldn't have the same experience or whatnot, but I definitely had a great time. And it was, if I could say better than last year, that's what it was. Um, My main theme that I learned from this trip is love. And I saw God's love absolutely everywhere. Um, I'm going to read a few verses real quick. 
from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is verse 7 and 8. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Then it goes on to say, love never ends. Then if you skip to verse 13, it says, So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of this is love. And I believe that. Um, on Monday, we went to the dump. And I don't know if you remember about last year, but it there's a great improvement. I don't know if anyone's going to talk about that. Yes, yes, so I won't touch on that. But one day, the one day we went was Monday, and last year there were children everywhere, and they would just come up to you and hug on you and love on you, and that was, Monday was our first day out, so that's what I was expecting. And we get there, and they were actually celebrating Mother's Day. As Mother's Day was on Wednesday. And so all the children were in this program or watching the program. And so there weren't that many children wandering around. And I was kind of sad that there weren't any kids to love on. And um, we had about 15 minutes left, and I finally found myself a kid. And um, <laughs> she was about seven years old. I don't remember her name. But... All of a sudden, here she came, and she was just like, I want you. So I picked her up, and we went and we watched the dancers, and I gave her some candy, and I tried to whip out my best Spanish, but that didn't go so well. And um, then, all of a sudden, it's time to leave, and I've just met this girl, and I already love her, and now I have to tell her that I have to leave. And I'm just like, I don't know how to say leave, but I'm like, adios, I have to leave, I have to leave. And she's attached to me, will not get off of me. And so I have to have Hope come over, which is one of the Busby's children, and tell her that we have to leave now. And this is what Hope told me she said. She said, um, hold on, I wrote it down somewhere. She said, if you go, I'm coming with you. And that broke my heart because I had to leave this little girl there. And what I kind of got from that was how God feels when he's the one that's being sad because I don't want to go to him. I don't want to have time to pray with him or read the word. But then also how honored and grateful he feels when I come running to him and he doesn't want to let me go. Um, the next thing, the place where I saw love was we were with children all week and that's me and mom's forte. We love the kids. And so... Um, we're in Los Perciles, and we got the privilege, I guess, to be with the kids while they were eating. And these children that go to this um, school, which is where we're working, we were working in a school in this community. Um, very rough situations. All those pictures that you saw of the shacks or homes is where they live. And they come to this school, and they are very well behaved. And one thing that I could see was that they are so generous and loving and always about giving when they have nothing. And when we would sit down with them at mealtime, they would all have their own meal, but still yet they would go and share what they had with their friends or their brothers or sisters. Or when we would give them something, they would say, are you sure, like, 
you can have it back. I'm done playing with it. And we're like, no, no, it's for you to keep. So they were always trying to give back to us. And we just learned so much from being with these kids. And then my last little story about love is, um, I guess I could say, my favorite kid out of the week. Her name was Rosa. And <coughs> we, the very first day we went, we met her. We went, I think it was Sunday after church, and just kind of got to look around. And we didn't get to stay very long, but we got to meet her family. And over the week, I just grown closer to her and we connected and we didn't really talk much because I didn't know how but still yet she was with me the whole time we played, painted fingernails did the whole nine yards and so then every day after we'd leave I'd say hasta mañana which means see you tomorrow well it got down to the last day and I couldn't say that anymore because it was time to leave and we weren't coming back but I didn't know how to tell her that and so she said, hasta mañana, and I said, no. And she just kind of looked at me and was just like, she didn't know what to do. And Rosa's family, she had, if I remember correctly, like six plus children in her family, like brothers and sisters, I don't really know. And her mother was a widow. Her father had died a year before, is that correct? Yeah, no, I think so. And um, so all that I could think about when I was leaving her was this is all she's known, like people coming and leaving because her father is gone. And so that broke my heart even more. And before we left, we got to pray with them, and they prayed for us. And that was just a sobbing mess. And right before I got on the bus, she came up to me, and she was weeping. Like, couldn't catch her breath. She was crying so hard because I had to leave her. And I'm not a crier, but that broke my heart. I thought that the little girl in the dump was after 15 minutes. But being with this girl every day for three hours or more, just learning about her and being with her, and then I had to leave her. And just remembering that her father's dead. And so she's used to people leaving her. It was just too much. I didn't know what to do, but I had to realize that the missionaries are there and they will more than definitely take care of her and love on her and continue to walk with her. And it was just great to learn about love and about everything that goes with the fruits of the Spirit this week. And being with the kids in Los Pasiles definitely taught me they taught me more than I was able to teach them. Hi. Um, there's a knot in my stomach right now because I know I'm not going to do this without crying. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys about the children in the community that we work there called Los Pasillas. And uh, these kids were phenomenal. Like, you know, you look at the pictures up there, and they're just kids, you know. You've seen pictures of people in mission groups before that go out and they work with the kids. 
but when you when you get to know those kids and you look at their faces it's a completely different thing <laughs> I'm already starting I'm not even halfway through I'm not a crier show up and the very first thing that happens is like five kids run up to you and they hug you. You know, they just act like you're their best friend and they've known you for their entire life. And uh, for me that was really, really sweet because even in America, you know, you see somebody else's kid and they're like, don't talk to that person because you don't know who they are, but these kids and their whole family, they're just so friendly, like unbelievably friendly. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it except this is phenomenal because, you know, you just walk in and you're sitting there and you're expecting to have to, you know, like go up and, you know, try really hard to make these relationships and show them God's love and stuff. But they make it so easy because they're so phenomenal. Like, I made a connection with almost every single one of those kids this week. And, uh, I don't know how else to like explain to you how just great these kids are, but like when you look at those pictures, you see you know you see a kid's face, you see you know you see oh that's all you see. And whenever I was watching that video, I you know I saw who that kid was and their personality because I knew each and every one of them, and they all were so just unbelievable. They they would come up to you and they would be like, you know, hi, what's your name and stuff? And you'd tell them, you'd ask them what their name was, you'd ask them, that, you know, if they were okay, like how they were doing, like, because it's really all you knew how to say in Spanish. And, and then after that, you didn't even have to say anything else to them. You know, you just played with them and you showed them how much you loved them. And, you know, like you did a lot of crafts with them. And they were always like, they, like a lot of them we would go through and they'd be like, gracias, gracias, or whatever. And then like you'd give somebody something and one of them, like, one of them will go, thank you. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, they're, they were just so sweet because, you know, you would give them something and they would, every single time they would say thank you. Even if it was like, like they would make a, a necklace, you'd give them like a beat, they'd be like, thank you. You know, like it was this big thing. And, uh, you know, if, if we gave one person something, we were like handing out to everybody, they'd be like, they'd go run and get their friend and they'd show them and they'd try to share, you know, they, they're, they're really big on sharing, they, they want everybody to have what they have, you know, like, we walk through the, the streets of Los Priscilla's, not necessarily in the school, but, like, we go through the streets, and, you know, we give, like, we give, like, oh, we have, we have, like, bags and bags of toys and stuff, and we give them a toy, and then they run, and, like, next thing we 
know, there's a whole mob of kids coming at us, you know, like they all, they, they all want something. And then you tell them to share and, you know, they're all like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're so willing to share. And they're like, look what I have. You know? And um, it's really, it's really like a big thing to go and to, to do what God calls me to do. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about a guy named Paul. Which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into it very deeply, which I would really love to because Trent's gonna do it. But um, Paul was a missionary that stayed in Huntsville. He lived there, and I mean, this town is absolute poverty. Like you go in there and you see, you, you know, you saw the shacks and stuff, and they're just like makeshift houses. They're like the size of garages. Only the only difference is you wouldn't trust to put anything you put in your garages in these shacks that these people live in. You know, like it's just nails and wood and tin, rusty tin with holes in it, and that's where they live. You know, you know, dirt, dirt floors and just the whole nine yards. So, uh, Paul was a police officer in Virginia, and he basically just gave everything up, and he's a missionary now in those facilities. And it's hard for me not to go into it, into too much details about Paul's life because he would made probably the biggest impact on me this week. But um, the way that God worked in my life this week is uh, he used Paul and the kids because, and Tara said it best, Tara, Tara Horton said it best. We were sitting in devotion one night and she said, you know, I've talked to people before that say, you know, they have a hard time believing in God because why would God put people in these places where they have nothing? And they, he doesn't bless them with anything. And she said, you know, after being here, she said, who are we to say that they're not blessed? Because, you know, they don't have a TV. They don't have, you know, there's like, every once in a while you see like a bicycle. Like they're just happy sitting on the dirt road with a stick and their friend. You know, that, that's just what they, that's, they're happy, you know. And if anything, they are happier than any of us in this room because they don't have everything. They don't have the distractions of it. And uh, Paul was talking uh, to me and Jesse, and he said, these people may be closer than anybody in America to God because they pray out of necessity. They don't know where the next meal is coming from, you know. And uh, we feel so self-sufficient, you know, because we have our job and we have our money and we can feed ourselves. And so we only pray to God whenever it's something cosmic, you know, that's completely out of our hands. And these people pray every single day because they have nothing but God. And to me, that's more of a blessing than anything. And so it's, it was really, uh, God used Paul like, a lot as an example. Because I'm a senior this year, and uh, for a while, you know, I've been, dabbling here and dabbling there and what I want to do like with my life. Because I do so much and I love doing so much different stuff. I'm like, you know, what what do I want to do? So, you know, I, I look into, you know, a field here, a field there, like just, just trying to figure out what was for me. And what I was doing was saying, what do I want to do? You know? And people would tell me my whole life, you know, you're so good with the kids and, you know, you, you know you're, you're such a, a leader and things like that. And, uh, you know, I had thought about maybe being a teacher before, and then I got to thinking, you know, teachers don't make a lot of money. 
And I was like, I don't want to be a teacher because I won't make any money being a teacher, basically. And um, God used Paul and his kids in my life in the biggest ways you guys can imagine. Like, he just knocked me down. And he said, why are you thinking about you? Why, why has this got to be about you? Because he put me here to glorify him. And he put every one of you here to glorify him. And here I am thinking, what do I want to do? I think money is the most important thing. And so the big thing for me is being a teacher and, and doing God's will. I'm not going to need the money. Paul is fine. He's the happiest person I've ever met. The first thing you notice about him is how happy he is. After spending one week with those kids, I was worse than this sleeping with them. And he gets to live with that, you know? And he doesn't make any money. He's volunteer, you know, like, the only way that he lives is from people supporting him, you know, which is why you guys are so important, and I thank you guys so much for, for supporting us on our trip, because without you guys, things like this wouldn't happen. But after that, and after, you know, what Tara said, and after seeing those kids, and after talking to Paul all week, I really know that God wants me in a full-time mission field like Paul. And I don't need the money. I don't need the TV. I don't need anything. And God's, God's all I need. And Paul says, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, it's just he wakes up and he's with those kids and he's with God all day long. And that's all he knows. And it shows because he is the happiest person I've ever seen. So I just want to thank every single person that helped us go on this trip because it means more than you'll ever know. And I just, I, I pray that you guys feel important to support missionaries that you guys encounter because without you guys, there is an opportunity to be done. Because people like Paul, he doesn't make any money. The only thing he does with the money that missionaries send him is feed himself and get stuff for those kids. And those kids, I cannot tell you enough of not. And God calls everybody to be a missionary, whether it's here or somewhere else. And I don't know where God wants me to go, but he wants everybody to, to share his word, you know, no matter where you are. And it, it's not that hard. I mean, I remember not very long ago at all, this lady was in here that she was working with um, Todd Horton and he was sharing with her for so long. And he brought somebody into into Christ's kingdom just going to work every day, you know? And a lot of us lose sight in that and don't see that. And it's the distractions, you know, that we call blessings. It's the distractions that we call blessings, you know, TV and, you know, just things like that that really get in the way, and you don't notice how much they get in the way, because, you know, you just, you know, you think, okay, I give, you put God in a box, and you say, 
30 minutes in the morning or something for your quiet time, and then you put them away and you go to work and you do your job and that's it. But after going there and seeing what happens when God is in your life from the time that you wake up until the time you go to bed, I, if that were the case for every single person, there would be nothing but happiness anywhere. Because I wish you guys, I wish Paul would have come back with us even just to share with you guys because you guys would understand how happy this man was. And these kids will, if they were here, they would hug every single one of you. They, you would have, each and every one of you in this room would have a kid sitting on your lap because that is how sweet they are. And uh, when we went to leave, it was just horrible. Like we went, we went to say the prayer that we prayed for them, and they prayed for us. And uh, you know, I I kind of started to tear up a little bit, and I was like, no, it's okay, I'm gonna be fine. I'm not gonna have to cry because you know I don't really cry. I told you I'm not a cry. You know, I'm really not. And um, I was fine, and then I started to hug the kids. And you know, there were a few kids, you know, that you you really connect with, and you connect with all of them, but some of them, you know, just kind of stick around and they just hang on you the most. Well, I would go around and I'd hug all these kids. There was this one kid, and his name was Marcos, and he would follow me around. You know, I would hug a kid, and then he would come up to me, and he would give me a hug. And, I mean, I'm the, like, ugliest, sobbing mess in the world, and he, you know, he just felt so bad, and so he'd sit there, and he'd hug me again and again and again. And that was really sweet for me. And then there was another little boy, and he was a ball of fire. He would run around, and, like, I mean, the first time that I really encountered him, I was standing there talking to one of the girls, and he comes up behind me, and he jumps on my back, and he says, Faya, 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 and I'm like, what is that? So I go, and I ask uh, Miss Hope, I said, what does Faya mean? And she said, ugly? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, oh, okay, and then I went back up to her, and I, you know, we had that big thing all week, he would call me ugly, and I said, no, you are, and you know, it was just kind of our thing or whatever, and uh, at the very end, he was like one of the last kids I hope, and it was kind of like a moved moment, you know, like whenever somebody saying goodbye, you know, and uh, I, I went up to him, and I gave him a hug, and I picked him up, and he squeezed me so hard, and he whispered in my ear, and he said, Bonita, which means beautiful, and it was the sweetest thing, and I said, why did you do that, and I started crying even harder, and it was just a huge tear fest, and I, I, held, I grabbed a hold of him even tighter, and I said, I, I said, uh, in the best broken Spanish that I said, I said, two mango, which means you come. And I started to walk towards the bus, and he goes, Cece. <laughs> I mean, these kids are just phenomenal. I mean, I cannot give you another word. I know I keep saying that, but I can't give you another word, because they just, they just grab a hold of your heart. And, you know, I mean, a piece of me is still back there with those kids, because they are, I mean, they were, they're God's love, you know. We went there, expecting to expecting to work in their life and show them God's love. But if anything, I don't feel like I left an impact on them. I feel like they left an impact on me. And you know, I'm sure I did, but compared to the impact that they made on me, it's like a grain of sand what I did for them. Because they they are God's love. And I'm going to stop now before I cry too much. Because um, I just want to thank you guys all again for the support that you give to missionaries, and I continue, I, I pray that you guys continue to do that, and pray for missionaries, and um, don't forget to wake up with God, and don't put him in a box, because you'll be so much happier if you carry him.
I want to say this about Nick. We got there early in the morning. The boy played as hard as he could play all day long until 5 o'clock with all these kids. And that boy had more girls than anybody on the trip, man. And Dane, I'm telling you, they were fighting them off with a stick, man. I ain't kidding you. They, they were just uh, playing hard all the time. McKenzie, come on up. These are my sixth graders, guys. They just came to seventh grade. They keep telling me not to call them sixth grade already because they graduated. But these are my seventh graders, and you'll see some growth out of them.
twice, like Cass had hit, or a couple of times, and we would see them, but we wouldn't be there really long enough to make a lasting impact on their life, like, dr like drastically for their whole life, but that maybe we could just come in and give them something that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And we went through, and I, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, this may have happened for other kids, but I feel like there's one kid in particular that if it was any of them that I made that impact on, it was this kid. And I had went out before, and I paid $15 for a pair of shoes that were not that great, and they were uncomfortable because they were flat, and I probably arches in my heels, but I needed something with closed toes that I could wear to church. And we wore them to church, and then on Thursday, even though the service that we were supposed to go to that night had been canceled, I felt God saying, just go ahead and put those shoes in your backpack, take them, I'm going to give them away to one of those kids today. And we went through, and that day we went on a prayer walk through the town, and we prayed for all of the families. I'm sure somebody else will tell you all about that. It was a great blessing. And when we got to the last house, um, there was a woman there and her children, and there was like all the children in the neighborhood piled inside this tiny lady's house, this tiny little house of this lady, so that we could pray with the family and let them know what, how much we loved them and things like that. Take the picture. I think my mom planned on sending a bunch of family pictures back to Nicaragua because pictures are a big deal there. And I was, we went to, to pray, and so I went and I did my normal praying stand, and I had my eyes open because I'm not a good kid and I don't close my eyes most of the time. And I looked down and I saw this little girl, and she had a pair of pink Crocs on, and you could tell they were old. They didn't have that weird little flat thing that goes back and forth on it, and there was this hole through the side of her foot on both sides, and you could tell that they were okay for now, but they weren't going to last too much longer, and that they were just a little bit too small for her. So while we were praying, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they'll fit. And it looked, it looked like my foot was just a little bit bigger than hers. But, but I decided I was going to go ahead and give them to her. And we went back to the school, and I was helping make some kind of cross necklace that was really itchy. I don't know why those kids wore them. And we were doing painting and all sorts of things. And I was wandering around the activities, and I was looking for this girl to try to give her these shoes, and I couldn't find her, and I couldn't find her. And... All of a sudden, I looked up, and I went, and I looked out the way that we go out to get in and out of the school, and this little girl was sitting just outside the doors with her brother, and I said, Lucy, what, what is she doing outside the doors? Why isn't she inside doing crafts and stuff? And Lucy said, well, she's probably not a student here. There's a waiting list to get into the school because it's tiny, and there's a lot of kids. And I was like, is it okay if I go bring her inside? And she was like, yeah, go do whatever you want. And so I went, and I got the shoes, and Caitlin went with me and brought some necklaces out to this girl and her brother, and we were like, what's your name? And she was like, I'm Andy, and I don't remember what her brother's name was. Oh, he didn't answer Caleb, so I guess nobody knows what his name was. And we, were, and we gave him the necklaces, and I gave her the shoes and said, these are for you. And I asked them if they wanted to come inside and play, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we want to come play. And we brought them inside and did crafts and stuff. And when we were all leaving, there was lots of kids that had seen me all through the week and had already that were just excited for us, and they were, they were like running up to me to say goodbye, and through it all, this little meat girl, she did, like she wasn't used to all those kids that were around, because she wasn't in their school, and she wasn't, and you could tell that she wasn't like really close to any particular child, and that she was just kind of standing on the outside, hoping that nobody picked her out, and she just kind of came up to me in the middle of it, she was like, gracias, and then she just kind of faded back again, and I was like, you're welcome. I was so sad, but um, I think it was it was a great experience and
Okay, I'm going to kind of share a little bit of a few stories and I'm going to try to make it as fast as possible. And the first one was, like Becca said, tall. And uh, I'm getting ready to be a junior and the big question on my mind is what am I going to do about college and what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And that question genuinely like scares me. Like, I don't want to talk about college. I don't want to talk about what I'm going to do. And um, just seeing Paul and seeing how happy he was, and he's living in the middle of nothing. Like, nothing. God and him and his kids. And I don't know if God was calling you to do that or what God was calling you to do, but we were sitting around the last, very last night, me, Becca, and I think Mary Page, and um, uh, we were talking about this. Oh my God, I told me that we need rats. So I was kind of nervous. 
was just so, like, God was definitely in the room. Like, there's no doubt about that. But <laughs> at, at one moment, or one point, I looked up, and Rachel was nowhere to be found. So I was like, guys, where did Rachel go? And I look over, and she has a little boy, and they're just dancing, doing their own thing, and it was just so cute. I loved it. And then
I'm going to you come up and share just a little bit about how you can adopt one of these kids. How many of y'all adopted a compassion kid? All right. This is almost the same thing. Uh, they got a program. Lucy knows more about it than I do, and I'm going to let her just close this thing down. But how many of y'all noticed a change in these young people? Amen. It's more than just having a good time. When I told them they're getting ready to go on this trip, it's not about us. It's about them. They gave up one carry-on or check bag, and every one of these kids gave a check bag. And we took that much stuff down there and left it for their ministry. And that was big because I had girls going, wow, no hair dryer, no makeup, no, you know, that, all that stuff they thought they needed. They gave it up, and that was awesome. Lucy, if you'll wrap us up. anything about sponsoring a child that you could talk and tell the congregation about and that is exactly what I wrote in my notes tonight before we came because I thought maybe I might have, have to talk but um, yes I do know a little bit about it um, I do know that the children that are in the school that they are trying to expand now and they have actually bought um, the property next to them and when we were there, they were putting up a, um, or trying to put up a, a wall. And I think it was only going to be three feet high at first. Um, but, and they were actually digging it by hand. There was like three guys there digging the hole all around and digging it all by hand. But for them to be able to uh, start, they want to start opening up a feeding center also because the 80 kids that do come there, they are fed lunch. And uh, it's rice every day and beans. Um, 
but they do have at least one meal a day. They are fed one meal a day. But for $30 a month, you can sponsor a child um, that will be able to uh, go to the school there, and they will be safe. Um, they're le- they are taught about God, and, and they learn Bible scriptures. Um, they're giving, like I said, a, one meal a day, and with the feeding center that's going to be opening up, um, I'm sure that they will be have access to more food. And they're given um, clothing and shoes and lots of love. And they're also um, the boys and girls home, the rescue homes at the Busby's. Um, one of their ministries, and that's where they take. Uh, they have taken children. They have a girls' home and a boys' home, and they have taken children from the dump that are uh, have been in abusive situations uh, physically, sexually, uh, both, and they are taken from that ho- from that situation and put into one of these homes. And um, for three hundred and fifteen dollars a year, you can sponsor one of them to be sent to a Christian school. So um, I know I'm going to sponsor a child, and I challenge all, all of you to, and if anyone's interested, um, I do have a, a website link that we can go to, and I know that you, it can automatically, like the $30 a month can automatically be deducted out of your checking account, just like Compassion. You will be sent a picture You'll get information about the child, and you can communicate with them back and forth through letters. So it, it's set up basically like compassion. So if anyone's interested, you can just talk to me, and I'll get you the information. Um, and I was going to read a, a little scripture here. that I It's... Um, Serve one another through love, Galatians 5.13. And I wrote this in my journal. We all had journals, and every night we wrote down. And I, I wrote, sorry, in my journal, because Jesus first loved me, I loved them. And I said, Jesus, thank you for allowing Cassie and I to go again and to be able to... Um, see some of the children that we did see last year. And um, I put, help me to follow you, Jesus, and be, be an example of obedience when he calls me to action to serve others selflessly. So, thank you. If you would stand. You've been challenged in a real way. Go out and live it. Go out and make him big. Go out and give him praise. Okay? I got eight adults that are on fire and mad because I didn't let them speak a lot. Okay? But uh, God worked on us too. And God can work on you. And I, I pray that we all go out here and live it. Amen? Heavenly Father, it's been great to be in your house. It's been great to sing you praises. It's been great just hearing uh, about missions. We got so many mission teams that have come in here and helped us with the hurricane or the tornado. And dear my Father, I just pray that you would just uh, be here with those teams as they stay here. Uh, may you change their life. May you let them know how much we appreciate them uh, serving us and uh, helping us 
in this community. I just pray that you would just uh, give, man, let us have the opportunity of glorifying you even more as we go through this week. And may we always sing your praises and keep us safe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.